Life Audio. One of the things I love about the Psalms is it showcases human emotion. Things that we struggle with were the same things that they struggled with. And maybe the circumstances are different, but the emotions they're going through are not. And so today what we're going to look at is this example of some of the emotion and the heaviness and the grief and the joy that comes after we've walked through something difficult, after a trauma. There's so many emotions that we can be hit with. And the psalmist showcases that for us in today's episode. So I pray that as we go through this, it will help you feel better about maybe some of the issues that you've had or the confusing aspects of how, as a believer, do I reconcile these emotions I'm having after I've gone through something difficult. I pray this episode is a blessing for you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are going through Psalm 129 and we're doing some devotional reading through the Psalms. We're doing one a day and the reason why we're doing that is because the Psalm book was essentially the hymn book and the prayer book of both Jesus and the New Testament writers and it's something that they would have been familiar with. Most of it would have been memorized and they would have recited or said these prayers or sung these songs and so I think it's really important for us to have a good understanding of them as well. If you'd like to dive a little bit deeper, there's a couple of resources we have available for you. If you look in the description of every episode, there is a journaling prompt that goes with that. Also, on Mondays, what I do is I email out to you the journaling prompts that go along with each episode. Journaling is a really good way to get the information from your head to your heart. That is completely free. If you go to shehears.org, you can sign up for that newsletter. And then if you would like the previous episode's journaling prompts, you can go to the resources page and look for one of the guided journals. You can find all that information there. Again, just extra resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. So today, again, I'm reading from the NASB, and I'm starting at verse 1 of Psalm 129. Many times they have attacked me from my youth up, let Israel say. Many times they have attacked me from my youth up, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They lengthened their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He has cut up the ropes of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. May they be like grass upon the housetops, which withers before it grows up with which the harvester does not fill his hand, or the binder of sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you picked this up or not, but it's kind of hard to pin down 
what kind of psalm this is because it's kind of all over the place. The genre is somewhat difficult to describe. Some would make the argument that it is a Thanksgiving song. Some would say it is a song of confidence and others would say it's a song of lament. I tend to think it's kind of all three. And maybe that is not the point. Maybe we don't need to be super precise about the genre. I think instead we need to focus on the context. And I think the context does suggest that it's a Thanksgiving song because think of who this people group is. This is a a people group that have been cut free from the oppression of the wicked. And so the whole perspective that we see from that situation moving forward is one of thankfulness as an undercurrent, even if it's not blatant. And so the fact that the psalmist is ending with the imprecatory request, and remember imprecatory means curse, and so there's an an action where he is asking for a curse in the latter part, like verses five through eight, that's where we get the suggestion that it's a lament psalm. And I think that is intended to ward off any future problems, not to deal with this present problem. But again, I think what we're seeing is this gamut of human emotions that happens after we've been through a traumatic experience. I think that's incredibly normal. In verses one through four, it talks about the oppression from the youth. And so what the psalmist is doing here is he's urging Israel to join him in affirming this triumph that they've experienced where God has triumphed over those that had tried to oppress them. Now, remember, they had come through captivity, Babylonian captivity. And so there's this language that is found throughout the Psalms, especially these latter Psalms, where it's Israel as a community speaking together, like in this first person singular voice. And so when it talks about the oppressors, that's they, which is identified in verse four, they are referred to as the wicked. And then in verse five, they're identified as those who hate Zion. And so since this oppression that Israel has experienced has been a community oppression, it's most likely that this psalm is referring to this outside enemy, this external enemy, not this inside friendship enemy that we've seen in some of the other psalms. And so I think that's important to to remember that there is a community enemy for Israel, just as they have gone through this community trauma, this community experience, and and community healing and community restoration work that God is doing. And so I think that's important because that enemy has oppressed Israel from the time of their youth. If you think back to the history of Israel, even the early history of Israel as a country, as a nation, Israel has had enemies from the time of the conquest onwards. Um, And there has been this metaphor that we see when it talks about plowmen have plowed my back and made their furrows long. That can be a metaphor for mourning and grief, but that's also a background in a lot of their customs. And so here, what it probably refers to is the wounds that this surrounding nation enemy has inflicted on Israel as a nation. And of course it's God and God alone that has saved them from the hands of their enemy. And Israel had been bound by the cords of the wicked is what it's talking about, but then God has cut them free. And if you think about that in terms of our own lives, when we have gotten to the other side of whatever our oppression is, whether it is 
an addiction or it is a physical person or it is somebody coming against us as an attack or even in the sense of a community attack you know sometimes there's a community of people like believers in a church that are that are under attack uh, i think about that right now in terms of the culture wars that are going on and and the body of christ in in some ways is under attack because of the culture of the united states right now um that's kind of a sim that's probably the most similar thing that we're gonna walk through in our lifetime let's hope anyway um but but that kind of trauma when you get to the other side of a difficult season we have to look back and recognize that yes we may have had a role in how that played out but it was god that delivered us it's god that delivers us from the other and gets us to the other side of that difficult season of our lives i think that's really important for us to remember you know this is interesting because you could take two people that have gone through the same experience and i think about this in my own life I have other family members that went through the same kind of trauma that I experienced as a, as a young child. And I am the only believer in my family. And so when I think about that and how far I've come and where God has placed me now compared to, to maybe even some of my family members that experienced the same thing as a believer, I can recognize that it was God's hand of rescue that pulled me out of the mud and put me where I'm at now. And even not where I'm at now, but where I was after he rescued me from that situation. If I compare that to where other family members are that did not have God, there's a vast difference. It's, it's remarkable. And it's not that they're still in that situation, but there has been severe lasting impacts, including incarceration and addiction and desperation that's just different for me and statistically I should not have the ability to function <laughs> in a lot of ways and I credit that to God's hand in my life and of, of course there's work that goes into it there's been so much therapy so much therapy and healing and emotional healing and spiritual healing and physical healing but that's God that has done that it's God that pushed me in that direction it's God that led me and I think about this because we can see this clear difference between how this is handled within the life of a believer and then somebody that doesn't yet know God I think we're going to stop right there. And when we come back, we'll finish up this psalm. Stay tuned. Praise God for what he's done in our lives. So moving on to the next section, which would be verses five through eight. It's talking about those who hate Zion. And that's really expressing this request, this imprecatory request. And we've talked about imprecatory psalms in the past. I would not call this an imprecatory psalm. And what I mean by that is a cursed psalm. In some of the earlier psalms, there are psalms that legitimately were outpours of anger and rage and grief and bitterness that were cursing psalms. This is a couple verses like that. And so I think that's why this is sometimes called a lament. Um, but I, I, I actually love that this is included because it shows this human emotion surrounding the desire to have the people that have acted wickedly towards us to have them punished. Not that, that, um, again, we're, we're, if you didn't listen to yesterday's, I would encourage you to go listen to yesterday's. There's, there's a, a fine line between a Psalm or a passage of scripture that's descriptive versus prescriptive, meaning prescriptive does not mean that we are to act the way that the psalmist acted. 
descriptive is probably what I would say that this passage is. But because it's descriptive, because it's included, it helps us recognize that the emotions that we have are okay. The emotions that we have need to be voiced to God. That is the appropriate thing to do with those emotions. If we stuff them down, they're just going to come back, come back stronger, come out in a different way. But really what the psalm is showing us is that we are to take those negative emotions to God and trust that God will deal with them. Now, I recognize that calling out a curse on your enemy is probably not the, the godly Christian way to handle something, but that's real. That's raw. That's the emotion that we have. And that's how we heal from those emotions is by taking them to God. God is big enough to handle our negative emotions. He is. That's how we heal. So in this stanza, the psalmist is requesting that God punishes the wicked. And and the way he describes them is those who hate Zion. And so the hope that the psalmist has is that the wicked would be turned back in shame. And that is kind of suggested about you know, military language, like maybe some sort of military conquest. So what he's suggesting there is allow them to maybe lose one of their battles that they're, they're continually fighting. And so what the psalmist is doing is asking that they are like grass on the roof, on the roof. Grass on the roof does not have deep roots. Think about that. Grass on the roof does not have deep roots. And so what would happen is when the sun would come out very quickly, that grass would wither and it would be destroyed rather easily. Also, it's not substantial. It's kind of useless. Somebody that was trying to harvest, you know, we're talking about the kind of grass that they would use. Somebody that would kind of try to harvest it could not collect it. And essentially what the psalmist is asking is that God's blessing would be withheld from them. I think that is such a clear picture of some of the emotions that I've had after I've thought about the people that have hurt me. And what the psalmist is, of course, doing is leading Israel in this song that is recognizing these human experiences. It's recognizing that God is the one that has freed them from this violent oppression and these wicked enemies who hate Zion, who hate God, and he's wishing further destruction. I've been there. And I think for any one of us that have gone through hard seasons, we've all been there. And so we find ourselves, even though we're Christians, we still find ourselves in conflict. But we have to remember that our conflict is not against flesh and blood. But what's the scripture say? Against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It says that in Ephesians chapter 6. And then Paul reminds us, in Ephesians chapter six, that only God's armor is a weapon that can protect us against that kind of battle. And so on one hand, yes, we recognize that as believers, we have targets on our back, but we have to take our eyes off of the the human being that is standing in that place. And we have to back up and recognize that we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting the enemy. Now the enemy uses people just like God does. And so sometimes I think it's it's easier to just blame the person versus blaming the enemy. But I think it's helpful to remember that there's a, a bigger battle going on here. So I wanted to remind you of all of that. Now I'm going to go back and read again, starting at verse one of Psalm 129. 
Many times they've attacked me from my youth up, let Israel say. Many times they've attacked me from my youth up, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, they lengthened their furrows. The Lord is righteous, he has cut up the ropes of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turn backward. May they be like grass upon the housetops, which withers before it grows up with which the harvester does not fill his hand, or the binder of sheaves his arms, nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Father God, help us to recognize the human emotions that we see in the Psalms and realize that it's okay to have those emotions because you long for us to process those with you, that it's not that we should bury them, it's not that we should even act upon them, but that we should take them to you. God, I think about moments in my own life where I've felt similar emotions against people that have committed sin against me. God, I pray for my friend that might be feeling that right now, that they might be wrestling with how to reconcile those feelings as a Christian. God, help us to realize that it's okay. It's okay to have human emotions because that's who we are and that we live in a broken world that we were not created for. God, help us to take those emotions and do what the psalmist has, has done in the sense of bringing them to you. God, thank you for the example of humanity that we see in the Psalms and the example of your character and your nature, how you interact with your people. God, that is a blessing for us as you reveal yourself through your word. Lord, I pray for my friend today that they would sense the very real presence of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.